Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We are expected to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, set to join us coming up in about 30 minutes. So let me play for you guys something Chip Kelly had to say. I can't, I don't think that I've said that in maybe 11 years. Hey, what did Chip Kelly have to say? But you know what? Chip Kelly gave a very good answer. He was asked how he would fix college football. You know that UCLA is leaving the Pac-12. They're headed to the Big Ten next year. And listen to what the former Eagles coach had to say, what his fix was for college football. Listen to this. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball but because football left and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football and you can have a 64 team conference that's in the power five and you can have a 64 team conference in the group of five and we separate it and we play each other. You can have the West coast teams and then every year we play seven games against the West coast teams. And then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston college, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spent time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share, in the, same we all share the same TV contract so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together, that's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You can do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. So that was Chip Kelly, the head coach at UCLA, as they are playing their final game in the Pac-12 and they are moving to the Big Ten. Here's my question. Why haven't they done this already? The idea that Chip Kelly had is not a new idea. And I'm not saying that to belittle his point in any way. I'm simply pointing out that everything that Chip Kelly said I could find you someone that said that exact same thing when conference realignment happened back in 2010. 
Back when Nebraska made the decision to leave the Big 12, when Missouri left, Texas A&M, when all the pieces on the board started to move about a decade ago, everybody said this. Hey, why are we leaving tradition? Hey, why don't the football schools just move? We've been saying this. What's stopping them from doing it? I continue to say that the NCAA does not have any power. All they do is host tournaments and bowl games. You have the ability to host your own tournament if you are these Power 5 schools. You don't need the NCAA anymore. What does the NCAA stop you from doing? They don't regulate how much players can make. They don't regulate if you can transfer. There just was a ruling from the Supreme Court that they can't stop you from transferring multiple times. So you remember, once the rules started to change, you were given a free transfer. Now you can double transfer, and they can't force you to sit out and not play. The entire foundation of everything that the NCAA has been built on is crumbling right before our eyes. What is stopping this from happening? I agree with them, by the way. That the football schools should be operated and governed by different rules than the basketball, baseball, and soccer programs. They're not on the same level. The soccer team for USC should not be playing Penn State. They should be playing regional schools. Hey, let's cut down on travel. Let's really create a really strong West Coast brand with just these soccer programs, with just these baseball. Let's save ourselves some money. Let's make it more convenient for parents to be able to go see their kids play. Let's make this, if you want to stay on the West Coast and play baseball, you can do so, and you can play against colleges up and down the West Coast. This just seems very obvious to me because of the travel and the demands for football. You're not asking that much. You're asking football players to travel, what, maybe 10 days a year, 12 days a year at most. You fly out on Friday. You get there on, you you play on Saturday. You turn around and you come back home. You're asking players to do that five, maybe six times a year. Basketball teams travel constantly. Everything that Chip Kelly is making a lot of sense. I don't know why this plan and this idea, why it's taking so long to happen when it clearly feels like we are headed down this path. Look at how big these conferences are getting. Look how big the Big Ten is getting. The SEC is getting. How many teams you are adding to now the Big 12. What purpose does the NCAA have? What are you using them for anymore? What are they helping you get that you can't go get for yourself? I think this is a great idea by Chip Kelly, and it is probably an idea that is a decade behind, and we are inching closer and closer to this being a thing in college athletics. I think it's a great idea, too, but you know what his great idea is? Conferences. Regionalized conferences. That's essentially what he was calling for. You have, you play your seven West Coast games. You know, that's called the Pac-12. He goes, and then you have five games where you play different regions. You know, that's called non-conference schedule. I know... Conference realignment sucks. I hate conference realignment. You hate conference realignment. I don't think anyone has said, you know what? I love conference realignment. I love that next season, Texas has a game with South Carolina in October on the SEC on ESPN. It's going to be terrible. We're all going to hate it. But you know what happened to college sports? College presidents realized one thing. TV contracts are where the money is. And Chip Kelly's plan can work if college presidents have the foresight 
to say the following. We're going to have a centralized person or group that runs our TV contracts like the NFL does. The NFL is on what? Four networks, but it's revenue shared through one league office. The Chiefs are going to do the same as the Cardinals with revenue sharing because it all runs through the league office. Instead, college football let conference commissioners decide the TV contracts and conference commissioners and school presidents realized, hey, the better the TV games, the more money and ESPN is going to give us more money. And that's why the Pac-12 died and the SEC and Big Ten are king. But if they had a centralized figure like a governing body that ran all the TV contracts and distributed the wealth a little bit equally, we would have conferences back in college sports like that. TV contracts killed college sports. Text line 913-586-7610. Rob, you know my rule. I don't really block people. This might be a block-worthy text. CDOT, I believe the NCAA should have never played college players. They should be playing the sport because they love it and because they're the best at it. That's why you get drafted to the pros, and that's where you should make your money. The NCAA should have never played these players. I don't believe they deserve the money. Just here to tell you that the Supreme Court strongly disagrees with you on this issue. <laughs> strongly disagrees. And I would say that continuing to withhold the money from the athletes and fighting it at every single step of the way is how the NCAA got in this scenario. It was clear that things were changing. I really don't think people know that the Supreme, that the NCAA went to the Supreme Court and their biggest argument for not paying players initially before NIL, when they were debating on what the ruling was going to be for NIL, their argument to the Supreme Court was we would like college athletics less if they paid them, that we watched because they were amateurs. That's why we watch college sports. That was their argument. And they said it was like, that doesn't make any sense. That, is, that makes absolutely no sense. That's a real thing. You should look it up. Uh, speaking of name, image, and likeness, Rob, you brought this to my attention. This is the first time in the Rivals recruiting era that the top 10 players in the country are all going to 10 different schools. If you guys saw this or not, the first time in recruiting history that the Rivals top 10 – there's not two kids going to Alabama. No, Ohio State, Nebraska, Missouri, Alabama, Auburn, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Georgia, Texas, Miami. Name, image, and likeness, dare I say it, it is working. It's helped level the playing field, sure. When you look at the college football playoffs, it's very familiar brands. I don't think that part's going to change. Alabama's got more money than you've got. Like, eventually, your budget, you're going to run out of money. They're not going to run out of money. Texas, Washington, Michigan. I mean, you're still going to get those blue blood brands. Kids also want to go play for the schools. But I think what you are seeing with name, image, and likeness, especially when you get to Missouri, is if it's close, the money can help make a difference. It also can incentivize for a kid in Lee Summit Hey, I don't need to go to Georgia to play football anymore. I can stay here in Missouri. I can be closer to home, and I can still make a lot of money playing college football. That's what I think you've seen. 
So I don't know if it's going to like all the way level the field where you get a just random team to win college football. Like you still need to get 85 players, but can it help take a program like Missouri from a seven, eight win team to a nine, 10 win team because it allows them to recruit at a much higher level because it gives them the ability to spend more money on in-state kids and keep them in school. Yeah. I mean, this has been one of the biggest advancements in college athletics in a very long time. The transfer portal has helped level things out a little bit and the ability to pay kids once shockingly, once you gave kids more options of where to go to school, they are now using more of those options to go to different schools. It's worked. This has been better for me. It's been better for you. I love transfer portal season. Every day you're checking it, seeing who you're going to get. Missouri just got the number one offensive lineman. I don't know who Kansas is getting. Why would you transfer to Kansas? You're only trying to transfer out of Kansas, not into Kansas. You're not, you're not, no, you're not doing that. I, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future of college football and what's going to happen. Let's get back to the Chiefs coming up on this side. We are expected to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is set to join us coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Chiefs fans. It's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Drive, brought to you by the Deepasquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. 610 Sports Radio. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Kansas City is Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We're expected to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, 
Patrick Mahomes is set to join us coming up at 3.30. Keep it right here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Peter King of NBC Sports, he is set to join us as well coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We will catch up with Peter King coming up in about 40 minutes. Patrick Mahomes in about 20 minutes or so. Rob Gronkowski was on the fix earlier today. And this is what he said about Kadarius Tony and how the Chiefs should handle it moving forward. Kadarius Tony once again would have dropped perfect pass right through his hands, interceptions. I have a serious question. Do you bench or cut Kadarius Tony? I mean, he's more of a liability do you? on the field. I mean, five, two catches, five yards, a bro, drop you, pass, you, bro, interception. Do you? Do you? I mean, a drop pass. You want to know the answer to that question? The New York Giants cut him, and they had way the, worse receivers well, that, at the time as well. Here's the answer to that question. You played in New England. Yes. Your frame of reference is a little bit different. Yeah. Yes, I think with, but I think with the Giants, with the personality thing, it, it just didn't work there. I, I think that this kid is talented. You put the ball in his hands, he's able to make things happen, but he has to catch the ball, and that's a problem. But he hasn't shown improvement from catching the ball. He's been dropping balls all year. I his numbers, his he's under 200 yards and receiving yards. This year. Yeah. I remember Rex Hudler used to have this quote. You guys have probably heard it before. That in life, you can be one of two things. You can be a fountain or you can be a drain. And it's up to you to decide which one you want to be. Now, we are heading into the final month of the season. If the Chiefs don't get the one seed, we are one month away from talking about their first playoff game. That's how quickly that this NFL season is gone. They have three regular season games left. And they are preparing for a wild card round game. Do you think Kadarius Tony is a fountain or a drain? You heard Gronk say it. He has been more of a liability. And you heard Michael Strahan say, hey, I do think the kid can play. I think he's a playmaker, but he needs to correct those things. Is that a gamble that you are willing to make? Because I would say at this point, when it comes to Kadarius Tony, you know that it is going to be a bumpy ride. Every player is going to make mistakes. Every person is going to make mistakes. That happens, right? But we're reaching the point where your mistakes, man, there's big-time consequences for those mistakes, and those mistakes can be the reason that you make or miss the playoffs. Those mistakes could be the reason that you advance or you get sent home. You can win the Super Bowl. And is that a chance that you're willing to take? There's some players that I'm willing to gamble on down the stretch. I'm willing to gamble on Rasheed Rice. I'm willing to gamble on Justin Watson. I'm willing to gamble on Isaiah Pacheco coming back, Travis Kelsey, Justin Watson. There are some guys who I think you can firmly put in the trust categories. I'm not saying that Justin Watson's the best receiver, but he's certainly a guy that I think has proven to be dependable. At this point, you need to find out who's riding with you and who's not riding with you. Who do you think can be an asset to help you win games, and who do you think can be a liability? And the fact that we are having this conversation so late in the season, I think should tell you where we kind of sit with Kadarius Tony and where what category that you should potentially put him in. It is the entire yin and yang of the Kadarius Tony experience in Kansas City. Is it hasn't been a lot of ying though. I hear what I you're mean, saying. There's been, we we I think there has been. It's just that this show is more down on the ying than the yang, for the example. Because I would tell you if you polled a hundred Chiefs fans, 
90% of them would say that play in the Super Bowl, the punt return was so dynamic. The trade was worth it. Yeah, he stinks now, but he made that trade. So you don't need to hold on to him to justify the trade. They would, the only people in town that don't feel that way are me and you. So I would imagine the average fan thinks the yin and the yang are both there because of that play. But I think there's some nuance in what you're saying is, if you believe that about Kadarius Tony, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. Like, if your stance on Kadarius Tony is that they took a chance because they had an extra third-round pick, and he made one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history, and because of that, the entire trade is worth it, that's perfectly fine. But I would say then Kadarius Tony's debt, so to speak, is paid. Like, Rob, if I give you a $100 free play, to go on FanDuel and gamble, and you turn it into $15,000, yes, you had a big win, but you also can give some of that money back, right, before you get away from the table or you decide, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. Now, I don't know if Kadarius Tony can do anything that erases the play that he made in the Super Bowl because of when you made it and the magnitude of the game, but if you are using to justify why he's playing in week 15, 16, well, he made this play, Rob, that was in February. It's December. We're talking about it has been 10 months since you can remember an impact play. And that play was also made as a special teams guy. If they came out and said, let's say that tomorrow when Andy Reid meets with the media and he says, we have made the decision that we are transitioning Kadarius Tony for the rest of the season. We want his primary focus to be on special teams because that's where we think he can best help this team. I don't think there is a single person calling us like, ah, man, no, I wouldn't use him that way. That might be what he is. Kadarius Tony might just be a dynamic punt returner and a dynamic kick returner that they're trying to make a wide receiver that they're forcing to play wide receiver when I don't know if that's what he is. But isn't history littered with teams having dynamic punt returners and trying to get more out of them? Isn't this the entire conversation Chicago had with Devin Hester? Remember he went from cornerback to just punt return him in a wide receiver for a little bit. I think he had a catch or two of note, but like the bears are at the time had the same problem. The chiefs have now. We have this explosive dynamic weapon. The fact we are only using him a handful of times a year, a game, excuse me, a handful of times a game is failing to maximize the weapon. So we have to play him at wideout. Well, if let me that's ask the you case this, with Kadarius Tony, and, and though. This is, and this is, this is where I'm, I'm just, I think you're a little bit off on this. And this is why. You know how many yards Devin Hester had in 2008 at wide receiver? How many yards he had? He had 670 yards at wide receiver. Devin Hester was actually a pretty productive wide receiver. Like during that stretch run, that 08-09, Devin Hester had 665 yards receiving on 50 catches. And in 2009, he had 57 catches for 757 yards. Now, sure, Devin Hester never developed to be that number one or maybe number two receiver to match how dynamic he was in special teams. But if this is what Kadarius Tony was, a 50-catch, 650-yard guy and three touchdowns, we wouldn't be having these conversations about Kadarius Tony because you and I would be very happy with what he was doing. If he was what Devin Hester was in 2009 and had almost 800 yards receiving, we wouldn't be having this conversation because he'd be clearing away their second-best wide receiver. We're having this conversation because he is 
not any of those things. He's not a guy that you can depend on. He's not a guy that's developed into a consistent producer that you trust and can put on the field and do things with that shows versatility, that's given you the plus in the past game the way that Devin Hester was and also being the best special teams returner in the history of the National Football League. Devin Hester, I think, should be in the Hall of Fame just off solely what he did on special teams, and he could give you something on offense. Right now, I'm asking you, what is Kadarius Tony's role on this team? He's not gadget guy. He's not a consistent wide receiver on this team, and he's not a special teams guy. What do you do here? What's your role? I know what Rasheed Rice's role is on this team. I know what Clyde Edwards-Alaire role on this team. The fact that we went from, at one point, talking about Kadarius Toney like he had a chance to be their number one and a star, and we are heading into Christmas. We are less than a week to Christmas, and you can't tell me what his role is on the team should tell us that maybe he just doesn't have a role, and you're trying really hard to, squid a, to fit a square peg into a round hole. That's where I would say that we are with, with Kadarius Tony. I don't know what he does now. I would say those numbers for Devin Hester highlight why Andy Reid is likely going to stick with him because Devin Hester is obviously a better kick returner, but I think you'll understand the analogy here. Because of the dynamic ability in punt return, you're trying to find a way to get him into more – plays on the field because you want to use that dynamic ability. The chiefs have not maximized the dynamic ability, but there was a season. Let me phrase that. There was a moment in time where the giants had, there was a moment in time where the chiefs had, it has been very inconsistent and you know, I was down on the trade and I'm down on the player, but I think that Devin Hester stat line shows you if we can just harness it, there is something there. We have the elite punt returner, which we've seen the super bowl and we can get, 500, 800 yards as a receiver and a couple of touchdowns, man, you have something truly special out of this guy right now. He's diet D'Anthony Thomas, maybe at best, but I think the chiefs are hoping they can turn that pure raw athleticism into consistent play. And the fact that you see it in flashes, because even the people in the text line who want to trade him for a seventh round pick or players off the street would also tell you they see it in flashes. I think that seeing it in flashes is going to be Kadarius Tony's curse and going to keep him on the field with the Chiefs for most of the season. I think that game against the Giants, to make a comparison, I think Kadarius Tony is a guy who shoots 29% from three that one day got hot. He's had one dynamic game as a wide receiver in the NFL. He's had one. For the Giants, he had 10 catches for 189 yards. Incredible game. Don't get me wrong. It is an incredible game. He's never come close to doing that again. I think he is a guy that hit that has 11 home runs in his career, and in one game he hit four. And you think that there is some power that you can unlock and that he's going to take that next step and be that next level. I just don't know if that what, what he's going to consistently be. I'm just not a believer in that's who he's going to be. We are expected to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on Sixton Sports Radio, SixtonSports.com, and the Odyssey app. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Catch Nate Taylor in studio every Friday starting at 4 o'clock. And if you miss any of the conversation, listen on demand with the Odyssey app and SixtonSports.com. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We just got word that Patrick Mahomes on a phone call with the NFL to talk about the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Not saying that he has won, but that's what we just told by the Chiefs. Said that he would call in after that is concluded. So we're expecting to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. When he is on, you certainly will be the first to know that Patrick Mahomes has called into the show. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we'll be joined by Peter King. He is, in my opinion, the best sports writer in the country covering the NFL. Let's talk about the playoff picture until Patrick calls into the show. So the playoff scenarios are all out in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs playoff scenario for this upcoming week It is as straightforward as it can be. If the Chiefs win on Monday against the Las Vegas Raiders, they clinch the division. I mean, that's what you want it to be, right? You win, you guarantee either the one, two, three, or four spot. You guarantee at least one home game, and it changes the calculus of how you handle the rest of the season. So everything is right there in front of you with this team. The path to the one seed is still there. You need to win all of your games, and you're going to need a little bit of help along the way. But you look at Baltimore's schedule down the stretch. Baltimore plays San Francisco, and they play Miami down the stretch. So Baltimore could potentially stumble a little bit. We have seen how some of these difficult pathways have really derailed a team. So I think the one seed is still obviously available. The division is clearly there. All you need to do is win on Sunday and you guarantee that you win the AFC West. So everything is there for the Kansas city chiefs. If you missed it earlier today, I gave my tier system on where we are in the NFL. I think San Francisco is the favorite. I would put Baltimore in a tier by themselves as a strong contender. I think they have been the most consistent team in the league, not named San Francisco this year. I think they deserve to be on their own tier, a clear tier below where San Francisco is. But I think that Baltimore deserves to be on their own tier. I also have the they've got a shot Miami, Kansas City, Philly, Buffalo and Detroit. 
those are five teams that I think have played pretty well, that I think have been good teams for most of the season. But I just think they have consistently played a notch below those first two teams that I named. And then I have the, well, they could get hot category. I would say Cleveland, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and Dallas. Those are the four teams that I would put in that category. There's something about Cincinnati that I just like with Jake Browning. Cleveland, they have just overcome their quarterback situation the entire season. They can run the ball mostly effectively. They've got a very, very good defense. Right now, they have a quarterback that is just playing with a little bit of juice and Joe Flacco. I like this Cleveland team to a certain extent. I like Cincinnati to a certain extent. I guess you have to put Jacksonville in that category. There's never been a team that I've been super high on for most of the season. And then Dallas. I think Dallas is a good team, but if you can't get past one major obstacle, a hurdle in your own conference. How serious is it that you can make a run? They also haven't shown me that away from Dallas, they could go beat a good football team. Sure, if they get the one seed, could Dallas make a little bit of a run? Yeah, but they're not going to get the one seed. At some point, Dallas is going to have to go on the road and play a Philadelphia, play a Detroit, play a San Francisco. They just haven't won that game all season. So I've got them in my fourth tier is this where you would kind of have these team ranked, Rob, or is there a different way that you would group these teams? I think that's probably the best way to group them. You know, you were doing the tier system, and I was thinking to myself, as you described Dallas yesterday on the show, and as you've described Dallas today on the show, I wonder if Dallas and Kansas City kind of fall into the same grouping. That might be my one beef, my one complaint with your list, that you have the Cowboys a notch below the Chiefs. I think the Cowboys and Chiefs are kind of the same. We know now if they don't make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, why? We have the story. We have the ending. It's like a two-year-old's adventure path, but we know if you end up in this destination, how you got here. We know with the Cowboys, it's because their defense can't stop anyone and suddenly Dak looks mortal. We know with the Chiefs, it's going to be penalties, turnovers, and drop passes. I think the Cowboys and Chiefs are kind of the same. If they get hot and they can play well and cover their flaws, They are dangerous. You've seen them this year be dangerous. I mean, the Cowboys throttled the Eagles. I mean, that that happened, and they nearly beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. That deserves some credit. The Chiefs have beaten the Jags. They deserve the credit for that. They have beaten playoff teams, but we also know their major glaring flaws. To me, Dallas and Kansas City should fall into the same category. I think you have Dallas one notch too low or maybe Kansas City one notch too high, but they seem eerily similar to me. I think that if you were asking me what is more likely to happen in the postseason, if you were asking me is it more likely that Kansas City beats Baltimore in the postseason or is it more likely that Dallas beats San Francisco, it is more likely that Kansas City beats Baltimore in that scenario to me. I have seen Dallas play San Francisco in three consecutive years, and they haven't really had a chance of winning any three of those games. At some point, seeing is believing with those teams. Someone said, I think not having the Cowboys in the same tier as the Bills is ridiculous because they're cut from the exact same mold. I just saw those two teams play each other a couple days ago, and the Cowboys got smoked, like smoked in the game. I mean, I have to take that into account. They played each other. It wasn't close. It wasn't competitive between those two teams. Cowboys came in all this fanfare after a really impressive win, and they got the beat down. I think that Buffalo could go into Dallas and beat them. 
I don't think that Dallas has the ability. Like, if they play that game again tomorrow, I think that Buffalo would do the exact same thing to the Dallas Cowboys. I just think we know what the Cowboys are. We've seen this movie way too many times. They're going to win 11 or 12 games. They're going to win their first round. They're going to lose to a team that we actually think is good in the postseason. He also followed up. Can you tell me how many games Tua has played in, yet you have them in the exact same tier as the team that's quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes? I would just like to point out they did not stop Cincinnati from beating the Chiefs a couple years ago. Like, that was not a barrier for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't like this Miami team. Like, I've been consistent all season that I think Miami is a little bit of a paper tiger. But I don't know how you put – at this point, I think you were arguing to put Kansas City almost in a tier by themselves, and I don't think that they've earned that. Not based on how they've played this season. They've lost to two of the teams in this tier. They played Philadelphia at home. They lost to them. They played Buffalo at home. They lost to them. I think Kansas City's in the correct tier with where we are. They've got a shot. You can't eliminate Kansas City by any means. They're not out of it. They're certainly still in the mix. But I think they've played a notch below San Francisco. They played a notch below Baltimore. And I would say their pros and cons, they have a very similar amount to what I would say Miami does, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Detroit. I think all those same teams are six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. And who can get hot, who can play consistency, who's healthy at the end of the season, that's what's going to determine if one of those teams can make a run. Maybe this makes me Debbie Downer, and it's maybe not a popular sentiment in Kansas City, and that's fine. But am I the only person who don't doesn't put a ton of stock into the Chiefs' regular season win over the Dolphins in Germany? It was a 21-14 to 14 game where the Chiefs' offense did not score in the second half. And the Dolphins had the ball and were driving with a chance to tie the football game. I'm... Chiefs fans seem to think that that win over Miami was some glorious 38 to three, just shellacking that proved Tyreek Hill and two attack of It's it's all fake. It's, you know, it's a woozy. It's a wazzy that scene from Wolf of wall street, but that was a close football game. And a couple plays go the other way. And suddenly the dolphins could have won that game. But you I'm can not make saying- that argument though. Like I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, that the game could have went either way. I just think but people saying, put but, more but stock into it than I do. You also could make that same argument for Kansas City and Buffalo. Like, that's just football in 2023. If you change one or two plays, then you change the entire outcome of the game. The Chiefs went on a neutral site, and they beat the Miami Dolphins. And I would say in the second half, they, I mean, they, they weren't really in fear of losing that game. There has to be some tiebreaker. There has to be some way to differentiate these teams. The head-to-head on a neutral site, to me, is as fair as any of who you think is the better team out of the two. And if you're telling me in this scenario, it's a possibility, that Miami has to come to Kansas City, I would pick the Chiefs to win that game, even knowing all the flaws that they have. Now, it's different if you go on the road, you go to Miami, and the weather's good, so that Miami offense in January, it's a little bit different. But if you're telling me that Miami high-powered offense is coming into Kansas City in January against the Chiefs defense, I really like the Chiefs' chances in that game. I would probably pick the Chiefs in that game. I know. What do you think the Vegas line is in that game? Because Vegas would have had the arrowhead effect. They would have, let's say, let's just say it's a divisional round game. And for some reason, it's an arrowhead. It's a two versus three game. I'll create the scenario. Kansas City would have won earlier in the regular season. Kansas City would be the home team with more playoff experience. And both teams would have won 
in round one of the playoffs. What do you think the Vegas FanDuel, BetMGM, whatever you prefer, what do you think the line is for this hypothetical game I've created? Because I would probably lean Chiefs, but what do you think Vegas does, the impartial judge, jury, and executioner in the NFL? Chiefs and Dolphins? Chiefs and Dolphins, divisional round with all the info you have. And, and the Chiefs are at home or the Dolphins the are The Chiefs home? are at Arrowhead. Chiefs minus two? Chiefs minus two and a half? I would say one and a half, two is probably about right. So I would agree with you. In that scenario, I would lean Chiefs, but the text line acts like the Dolphins have no chance of being the Chiefs because they've seen it once before and they shut down Tyreek, this, that, and the other. That is not what happened in game one. It just isn't. I feel like... I will say this, though, but uh, of, of all the teams that you think are good, that are realistic, obviously, like they're not playing Dallas in the postseason, I could live with them getting Miami if that's your draw. I could live with them. I'm just not a believer yet in that Dolphins team. I'm not buying into that Dolphins team. So if you're telling me that the Dolphins came into town, obviously you'd be worried. I just wouldn't be super. I'm not scared of Miami the way that I think you usually would be of a team that maybe has the offense that they have and the record that they have. That's not a team that I think is coming into Arrowhead in five weeks and is scoring 42 points on Kansas City. That is not a team that I think Tua is throwing for 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and Tyreek is going crazy. No team has done that so far to Kansas City. I really don't think you're coming into Arrowhead when it's 21 degrees outside with that crowd and that fan base. And I do think it's important to note with Tua, Tua's never played in a playoff game before. Not yet. Remember last year, he wasn't the starting quarterback. It was Skylar Thompson for a playoff game. So potentially your first, and probably second, because you're not going to play him in the first round, your second playoff game, your first road playoff game is outside in Kansas City. I like the Chiefs' chances in that game if that's what you get. Can I continue to be Debbie Downer about this Chiefs-Dolphins conversation? Somebody has to be. Just continue to be Mr. Negative over here. You keep talking about, well, it's at Arrowhead and it'll be cold. What have the Chiefs done at Arrowhead this year that makes you think there's some mystical lure that they can't lose at home? Because every time Arrowhead has seen a good opponent come through those gates, the Chiefs have lost. The Lions are going to probably win their division and be a playoff team. The Chiefs lost. The Bills, you have them in Tier 3. You think they're a surging team. You told me yesterday Josh Allen could be the MVP, this, that, and the other. They came into Arrowhead, and they won. The Philadelphia Eagles, I know they're half game out or whatever, the NFC East right now, but... They're a team that's going to make the playoffs, Problem had a chance to win their division. All these good things we say about the Philadelphia Eagles. They came into Kansas City, by the way, on a cold night and won in Kansas City. Like, you keep talking about Arrowhead like there's this mystical allure. Like, it's just difficult to come in here and win. Hasn't every team that's good come in here and won this season? Like, Chiefs wins at Arrowhead this year include the Broncos, who... For a minute, we thought, oh, man, they're a thing. But I think we learned over time, not a thing. They did, they're not a real thing to worry about in the least. They also beat the Bears at home. Super. Like, I don't – that game shouldn't even count on your win-loss. It should be no contest. You fought a tomato can. And they also beat the Chargers, who fired their coach for giving up 63 to the Raiders. You keep talking about Arrowhead like I just can't see the Dolphins coming in here with this Arrowhead experience and this and that. Every good team who's coming to Arrowhead this year has beaten the Chiefs, period. This is what I would argue, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because you made some good points. Tell me if I'm wrong. And what I think is different, 
I'll use the Eagles as an example. I think what you were seeing with the Eagles is the Eagles have played a lot of close games. In the early part of the season, they won those close games. Now they're starting to lose some of those close games. It evens out. You remember Minnesota. Minnesota in the early part of the season, they lost a lot of those one-score, one-possession games, and it eventually started to even out. In all of the games that you are talking about, it was usually one play that the Chiefs didn't make at the end of the game that ended up being the difference. What if, and I know I'm playing a hypothetical here, but we're going down that road and having that conversation, what if in one of those games they made the play? And the question is, do you think that Kansas City, because I don't care who they play or how they lose in the postseason, this, this Chiefs team, they're not getting blown out in the postseason by anybody. It's going to be a game that in the last eight minutes, the Chiefs have a chance to win that game. In the game against Detroit, the drops ended up doing them in. In the game against Philadelphia, you had a chance to win that game. Didn't make a player too late. In the game against Green Bay, a one-possession game. Pass interference, you didn't have a chance to win that game late. Same thing with Buffalo. The penalty that took a touchdown off the board, I think you would have won that game. What if in one of these scenarios, not outside the realm of possibility, what if you make the right play in there that the same way that we were talking about with the officiating and it being 50-50 balls, right? Sometimes you're going to get the call. Sometimes you're not. Like, that is a realistic scenario. What if this is one of those scenarios where it works out for you? I think that's something that you got to keep in mind. I think that's something that you got to at least consider and something you got to think about when talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. We're set to be joined by Peter King coming up in just a bit. He'll join us at the top of the hour, still working on Patrick Mahomes. Let me play for you guys what Rex Ryan said on how he would fix the Chiefs wide receiver room. If it was just him, it's easy. All right, we, we're just not going to play him. It ain't just him. Yeah. It's all of his Watson receivers. had a drop. But every one of them. And here's the thing. It's details in that same room. And so if I'm Andy Reid, and, and trust me, Andy Reid's a player's coach. His fastball is like he cares for him. He protects him. He does all that. He's always going to protect him in the media and, and in public. But privately, he needs to go in there, shut that door with every receiver in that room, including that coach, and say, hey, it ain't getting done. He needs to lay into him and rip and tear him a new you-know-what. Mm-hmm. He really does because you're letting our whole football team down. It's details, specifics, have tape to show. Why are you breaking off a route when you're running a wheel route? It's right. the quarterback's job to break you off. Run the route. They do it over and over. Uh, you're, you're a receiver. How about we catch the football? Hmm. How about we catch? And if you can't catch, there's a jugs machine. I want 200 catches every, every day. I watch that Amonra St. Brown. He can catch everything. By the way, he catches 202 balls every single day. There, I mean, you can get better at these things. But if you're not committed to the team, you're killing our football team right now. We have the greatest quarterback that's ever played talent-wise. What the hell are we doing? You're letting our entire team down. Let's head to the phone lines right now and be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes joins us on the show today. Patrick, man, it's good to hear from you, man. Thanks for calling in today. Yeah, always good having me. I mean, good having you having me on here. Doggone. No, no problem, man. Patrick, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little bit worried because you got fined this week, and I was wondering if that was going to stop you from getting me and Rob a Christmas gift. 
Oh, no, no, man. Uh, it, uh, it it happens, man. Uh, you got to have to move on and learn from it. Uh, but de- definitely uh, might have hurt one of Sterling's gifts for sure. I, I was going to ask you that. So what is she asking for for Christmas? Because she definitely is at the point where she can ask for things. What does she ask for for Christmas? Um, honestly, she, she can't figure out what she wants. I mean, uh, it's like every day she wants something different. Um, but, uh, as long as it's wrapped, I mean, we're, she, she had like a little Christmas party with her friends and she got a book, but it was wrapped and she got to un- unwrap it. And I think, uh, she was just as happy as uh, all the expensive things that I get her. So I think if we just, we could put anything in the, in the, the plastic wrapping, I think she's going to love it. That's normally how kids are. Like you spend all this time trying to figure it out and then they like playing with the box more than they like actually playing with the toy. Yeah, no, for sure, and uh, I'm just glad that she gets to, she can kind of enjoy it. She, we have the whole Elf on the Shelf going, all that different type of stuff, and uh, she's excited for Santa to come. So where are you at with your Christmas shopping? Because I finished my Christmas shopping last week just because I try to avoid that last weekend before Christmas Eve. You don't want to be out at Target trying to figure out what you're going to do. Where are you at when it comes to your Christmas shopping? I think I'm pretty much done. I mean, I got Brittany's present uh, in. I got I got it wrapped, and it's under the tree. And if, as long as I'm making Brittany happy, I think the rest of the family will be happy. So uh, I got I got that done, and that that was my main goal. I remember last year I asked you your favorite Christmas movie, and you said Elf. Have Have you got a chance to watch Elf this season? I haven't. You know, I've been kind of moving around really fast, and with the kids, you know, Sterling can't sit still for long enough to watch a movie like that, and so. Uh, I'll have to make sure to turn it on. We have an extra day, so maybe uh, on Saturday or something like that. Do you have, like, an underrated Christmas movie? Like, I really love Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and, and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Do you have, an un- like, an underrated Christmas movie? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Four Christmases is underrated. I mean, that's a pretty good one. I mean, Vince Vaughn, anytime he's in something, it's, it's hilarious. So, uh, um, I don't know if I have an underrated Christmas movie, but I do like – I like Four Christmases. I like Elf. I like Home, all the Home Alones, one and two. Three gets a little wild there, but Home Alone 1 and 2 is uh, definitely good. And uh, uh, other than that, I mean, the, the originals, like when you, when you talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or stuff that I'm, I'm hoping Sterling gets into. <laughs> right now we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Let's start with the wide receiver room because I think we kind of know going into it, just given the track record, that Coach Belichick is going to take away something from the offense, and they did a really good job against Travis Kelsey. This wasn't one of his usual days, but you, you saw from Rasheed Rice, he had nine catches for 91 yards, and then Clyde edwards helping helping you guys in the screen game. You guys had multiple players on the offense step up to help uh, to help you guys win on on, uh, on Sunday or Saturday. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it was um, it, it's going to take everybody, and uh, we knew that Coach Belichick was had a great plan for Travis, and I thought Travis did a good job battling and trying to find a way to get open when he was double teamed and stuff like that. Um, but a uh, guy stepped up. I mean, Rasheed had a heck of a day. I thought the running backs did a great job catching the ball. Um, and whenever you play teams, you know they're going to try to take away Travis first. And if, if uh, they put that much resources on him, other guys are going to make plays happen. And uh, they guys did that. What is it about Jarek McKinnon late in the season? I mean, last year, those last like five games or so, he had nine touchdowns. He had another touchdown in this game. He can throw it. He can catch it. What is it about him late in the year that just really gets going? Yeah, he just has, he has really good feel for uh, filling coverages and knowing what defenses are trying to do do against us. And I think as you, the year goes on, you see a lot of similar style of defenses because um, they see what has success and they want to try to do the same things. Um, and so we, we we put Jarek in some of those roles where he can kind of fill it out and know that the coverage of defense to get open uh, down in the red zone. Um, and he does a great job of it. And he has a knack for finding the end zone. So 
Um, ones like the other day where it was just a simple little flat route. He catches the ball, finds a way to get the ball into the end zone. That's just stuff that he's done over his entire career. Obviously, you guys miss Isaiah Pacheco. He's going to come back. I'll ask you about him in a bit. But just talk about the, the contribution that you got from Clyde edwards layer these last couple of weeks and step in. And I know it's been a difficult two years for him, but I thought he, that, that he really made the most out of this opportunity when given it whenever Pacheco went down with the injury. Yeah, and I think he's done a great job all year, honestly. I mean, obviously we have uh, Pop, and, and he does a great job and carries a, um, a heavy load as far as the carries go and stuff like that. Um, but I think uh, every time Clyde's gotten opportunities, um, he's, he's made it happen. I mean, if it's a run, he gets what, what's there more. If it's a, a pass, he, he gets the catch. Or if it's pass protection, he does a great job of that. And so it's, it's always great um, whenever you have a deep running back room with guys that can all go out there and play and you trust him. Um, and so uh, I just I'm, I'm glad that he's able to do it. And I know you don't want you want Pop back on the field, but he got more of a chance to show what he's been working on all year long, and he and he made the most of it. Do you think it's going to be difficult to maybe get all three of those guys going here? You're going to add Isaiah Pacheco back this week. We heard from Coach Reed that he's going to play this week. You certainly got something going with Clyde in the past game in the last one, Jarek McKinnon as well. What's going to be the balance of trying to get all three of those guys going uh, uh, in these final three games? Yeah, I mean it's. It's a good problem to have. I mean, uh, you have a lot of guys that can go out there and work and make stuff happen. I think the best part about it is you have guys that all believe in each other and, and want each other to succeed. It's a great room. Um, no one's going to be jealous of anything like that. I mean, guys just want to go out there and have success and win football games, and that's what you want on the team. And um, I think uh, Coach Reed's done a great job of kind of uh, making everybody get opportunities, and he'll continue to do that as the season goes on. Right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Patrick, I, I just want you to take us through, at some point, Andy comes to you with one of these wild and crazy play ideas. Like, he rather, like, shows you a picture. He says, hey, watch this video. Just take us through that process when he has an idea for a new play, a new formation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not as, as crazy as it seems. He'll, he'll come show us the play, and he kind of shows the quarterbacks usually first. He's like, dude, we can make it happen uh, with the coach. We can make it happen, and uh, you go you go to some of their guys. You start working on it a little bit, and then it gets put into practice. And we always call it like you got to you got to warm it up. You can't just just like you can't just go out there and, and display it the first time. So we've practiced that play for a couple weeks now, and really worked on it. And it keeps practice fun, man. Being able to try this different type of stuff, and um, obviously it worked. Um, and it scored a touchdown, and I get a really good uh, red zone defense uh, team. Um, and so you just try. Now we go on to the next one and see if we can keep working on new plays and uh, make it hard for defenses to uh, to uh, really account for what we can do down there. I don't want to. I don't want you to give up too many trade secrets, obviously. But if you had to guess, how many of those plays are you guys sitting on? Like how many of those, you know, Rose Bowl right, hungry pig left? How many of those plays do you guys have? You think? Uh, I mean, they, I, Coach Reed, man, it, it never ends. He always has these plays that he he pulls up and he watches on this grainy grainy film that you're wondering how did it even it's not it just was not on film they had to like redo this thing a couple of times just to get it to where we could watch it and then he's just like he, he brings it out of nowhere man at the in the last at, out of nowhere he'll just like hey what do you think about this so i mean it's uh um it never ends uh, we always are working on some plays here and there and uh we i love the ideas man we just keep them rolling last qu uh, question about that play at least what gave you the idea to have to have joe tooney snap the ball well, I mean, first off, we were doing the tackle over, um, and that already, that already defenses had to adjust for that. And I was like, man, dude, we're doing tackle over. Why don't we just move Creed um, and Joe? I mean, Joe's he's a, kind of like that emergency center um, guy for our team. He's played it before. He snaps the ball well. Let's just let Joe snap it and see if that really if that affects the defense as well. So when you move a tackle over and switch a guard in the center, I mean, the defense 
um, you could hear them communicating whenever the ball was snapped. They were trying to figure out kind of who was where and, and everything like that. And that's always a good thing for the offense, especially when you have kind of a, a downhill type of run, uh, even though with a little uh, action in the backfield. So uh, it was definitely uh, – it worked out. So as long as it works out, it's always a good idea. Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes here for a couple more minutes, just catching up with him about the game against the New England Patriots. So the cameras cut to you on the sideline after the second interception, and you were obviously frustrated with the interception. Just take us through in that moment what's going through your mind. Why are you so frustrated? Yeah, I think I'm, I think the biggest part, you're frustrated because you're putting the defense in a bad position. I mean, uh, we had, I had two interceptions. Both of them put the defense in short fields, and they were able to – hold them to a field goal on one of those. But it, it's hard whenever a defense is playing that well um, to, to give the offense a short field. You want to make sure that even, even if you don't have success as the offense, you want to make sure you're backing the defense up, um, backing their offense up, and, and giving the defense a full field to work with. And uh, obviously it didn't work out, and I was frustrated at the interception and, and doing that again to our defense, who had really played a great second half. When you watch film of those plays, are you going, like, whenever you sit down and watch film first after the game, are you going to the throws that you feel like you missed, the mistakes? Like, when you first sit down to evaluate a game and what you did right and did wrong, where do you kind of gravitate towards first? Um, I just watch it through and through, honestly. And then you, you go through the game and you get a feel for what you were thinking and, and then make those decisions. Did you make the right decision? Did you not make the right decision? And, and with, the, with the flow of the game, you talk about it with your coaches and the other quarterbacks and and then you try to be better the next time. I mean, there's just a couple times where I feel like in that last game there were some throws there that I tried to get. I got a little too greedy and wanted to just go downfield, but that's kind of my nature. And I have to find that right balance of when to just take the underneath stuff and when to go for the, the deep shot. And uh, some of those calls sacks because I was holding the ball too long. So you just kind of have to you have to find that right medium of, of where your aggressiveness is a good thing for the team and when it's a bad thing for the team. The last couple of weeks, Kadarius Toney has kind of been at the center of things. He was, the, he was at the center of things against Buffalo. He also was in the center of things with the interception we were talking about earlier. There's a picture of him coming off the field, and Travis Kelsey has his arm around him, and they're having a conversation. Kelsey has spoken very highly of him. You also have spoken very highly of him. He seems like a player that you're going to need down the stretch. How do you guys as a team get the most out out of his abilities yeah you just you, you keep believing in him man i think that's the biggest thing with anything um in sports or in life i mean uh, the mistakes happen i mean it's not i'm not always perfect i thought i have a lot of interceptions this year and i think it's uh it's it's something where you got to just keep believing because i know the guys believe in me and i just keep firing and and uh it's gonna take everybody to win the super bowl and we know that and so we're gonna keep having that confidence in everybody that's on the football field um, and that they're going to go out there and give everything they have for the team. And you see the work ethic. You see how hard the guys are working during the week. Um, and you know that at some point that's going to, that's going to translate in a big way. That's going to have a big game um, that uh, we can go out there and hopefully at the end of the year have another another championship. But it's going to take every day you going to work and, and putting in the time. You mentioned believing of him. I'm curious how, how I'm, I'm curious how close do you think that he is because of those mistakes that we've mentioned early in the season. Now, how close do you guys think that he is to maybe having that breakthrough and really tapping into those beliefs and the abilities that, that you think he has? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everything in this league is always closer than you think it is. Um, bad and good, man. I think if you if you were if you're playing good and you think you're you're on top of the world, that's when the that's when the league kind of gets you. And then when you're when you whenever you've made some mistakes and you feel like you're down the dumps. Um, this is one play that can kind of change uh, the whole rhythm of things. And so I've noticed that in my time. It's, it's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. All you can do is just stay neutral and try to be the best you can that day um, and it, or that play, honestly. And if that play doesn't work, you just come back with that mentality. Next time you're going to make it happen, and um, hopefully it works that next time. So, I mean, it's uh, 
it, it seems like the whole world, the whole world's against you sometimes, especially with social media and everything these days. Um, but uh, at the same time, all you can do is focus on being the best you you can be that that next day or that next moment. Um, and hopefully that that turns into good things, not only for, only for yourself, but for everybody. Two final questions here for the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. The first question, we just got the official NFL playoff scenarios. And for you guys, it's pretty simple. If you guys win on Sunday, you win the division. You don't need any help. You don't need a tie. don't need anybody else to lose. If you win on Monday against the Raiders, you guys are going to the playoffs and you have a home playoff game as the winner of the AFC West. How important is that? I know you guys set goals at the beginning of the season. I know this season has gone up and down but every goal that you guys have set it is it is still right there for you guys yeah 100 percent. i mean that's always our first goal is to win the afc west i mean we understand all, how hard that is to do you have to come in with that mentality of every single year you got to play your best week best game every single day your best practice your best film study whatever that is in order to win the afc west and so for us to have this opportunity we know it won't be easy the raiders are playing good football and, and they they definitely want to beat us um, and so we have to come in with the mentality that we're going to play our best uh, game and have our best week of practice in order to go out there and win that game. And if we can win that game, obviously we win the AFC West, and that's we celebrate that for about one night, and then we can focus on that next week and, and try and do whatever we can to continue to build momentum going into the playoffs. Last question here. I would guess that this is probably one of your busiest weeks. Like, you don't really have a lot of free time in your life, but you're married. you got kids. It's Christmas. you guys got a game on Monday. you got family coming in. I would guess that this is probably one of your more hectic, busiest times. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I have a lot of great people around me that help out. And so I'll have some family in town. Um, but, uh, I, I, out of all people, I think it's, uh, more, more busy for Brittany and, uh, the wives of the chiefs. Cause, uh, we get to go on that, that hotel on Christmas Eve. And obviously we get to miss Santa, uh, coming Christmas morning, but, uh, we kind of get to just go play a game and do what we always do. And, and you win a football game, you get to go home and open presents. So I think the wives of the chiefs are the ones that are going to be the busiest. And I'm thankful for all of them. I just want to tell you that I wear a large. I also wear 13 in sneakers. I, I know I know that you're still Christmas shopping. If you want to throw me some Adidas stuff and Rob, too, I, I, I just want to pass that information to you. I got you, my man. That is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Patrick, man, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. That's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Coming up on the other side, I don't know if we're going to be joined by Peter King. Maybe we will. Maybe he's going to be on the show. Look at that. Peter King is going to be on the show. Back-to-back, Patrick Mahomes and Peter King. That's coming up. Keep right here to drive. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.